I can't even use that in a blooper reel. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it means a lot. Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008 when I was in high school. Each week we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we will examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron. And I am dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, I hear you have something special prepared for us today. Yes. I took time this week to show you the appreciation that I have for you putting together this podcast. And I put it into a poem. Oh, thanks, Dave. So enjoy this haiku. This show is too strange like a paper submarine or cheese-filled lemon. Not the direction I saw that going. Right? I, yeah. You subverted my expectations there, Dave. That's what good poets do, Aaron. And Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so the poem that I bring for us today. Yes. Uh, comes to us from the same day as um, Regret. Okay. And it's another untitled poem. Okay. Maybe I should sing it like an untitled melody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how oh, no. the night oh, no. No. sky. Stop. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. So this is poem of 120105. Oh, how the night sky is beautiful, full of stars and planets. But clouds cover beauty, and it becomes hard to find. One must look past the clouds. That is where the true heart lies. I don't want to step beyond my bounds here, but I didn't hate it. Okay. This one uh, just kind of falls flat for me. Really? Yeah. But so maybe elaborate on your first impressions, Dave. Sure. I just, I appreciate some of the poetic language that you use here. A lot of the times in your poetry, it's this is like this. This is like this. The other thing is nice. And I, I hope you're reading this as me just trying to hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. Read clearly. Yep. What I'm going for. Okay, good. But at least in this one, I feel some of those words a little more. That doesn't make any sense. But I, you feel but I hope the you know words, I mean. Dave. You feel oh the words. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you said that. Aaron, your poetry is rubbing off on me, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's definitely a different approach than most of my other very dry poems i'm trying at something here i kind of see it as a combination of the my previous poems um shadows with okay. how the shadows grow 
and, mm-hmm. and how these um, clouds are covering beauty. And um, that language of stars comes up again, because as, as we heard two times ago now, the, the sun and moon and stars language that came up the day before. So, yeah. I'm... Well, I, I think what's getting to me in this poem, and I'm calling it a poem. <gasps> I'm calling it a poem. What I'm seeing in this poem is that there's not a hard definition you're trying to make. There's not a clear idea you're trying to express. And so there's a lot more interpretation that a person can put into it rather than interpretation that's being pushed out from it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I mean, what what, what we've called earlier the definitional phases, I'm pushing a very um, specific definition or lens out there with with um whatever metaphor i'm trying to work this one is yeah a lot more vague a lot more kind of open to interpretation um where you can place meaning into what the clouds represent what the beauty represents um Mm -hmm. why it might be difficult to find at that time yeah oh uh you have a really good um uh, you can just say that I'm the best. I get it. Yes. Okay. You're a smart person. <laughs> and in biblical uh, study and, and scholarly work, there's the, the term exegesis. Mm-hmm. And that's where we try and find what's coming out of a text. Right? What's what's the word for putting your meaning into a text? Because I think that's what you're talking about with this poem. Right. And like in in biblical scholarship, so we talk about exegesis, which is reading into the original context, reading reading around the story so that you can understand the story more fully. And then there's eisegesis, which is reading your own interpretation into the story. And in biblical scholarship, that's not how you do it. Um, In a lot of scholarship, that's not how you do it. But I feel like poetry is almost the opposite, where in poetry, you have to realize that you can't fully understand the emotion of the author, and that's not the actual intent. Poetry is about what you can learn from it and like what kind of questions it evokes in you. So I feel like eisegesis is more useful with poetry because you're not reading the author's intent, you're trying to read your own intent and see what you can learn from the author uh, from the author's experience or from the author's question. That's fascinating. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't I don't think I fully agree with you there. As some, because you're wrong. Well, yeah, but I think some authors of poems would push a specific agenda or or lens or or idea out into the world um, that's heavily influenced by their context and and the places in which they live. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think that the the medium of poetry, yeah, it does allow for a lot more introspection on the person who is reading the words. So yeah, I, I, I somewhat agree with you in that there are, there are some great poems that you don't need to know anything about the author. It, it invites you into the space and allows you to kind of play there. But you're probably right that I, I overstated the benefit of that eisegesis of that reading yourself into it. Because, I mean, if you are reading Shakespeare, you need to know some of the context, you need to know the language, you need to know um, kind of the function of different things. 
if you're reading the opening of Romeo and Juliet and you hear this whole conversation about biting thumbs and then one guy kills another for biting his thumb, that's not going to make a ton of sense. And that's not going to impart a lot of import to you. You need to know the context to make it work. Yeah. Is this an insult? Kinky? Or weird? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All three. All three. Sometimes in Shakespeare's case, yes. (laughs) Um, That's very true. Yeah. But this might be getting a little too into the weeds. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Um, I'd love to continue this conversation. because <laughs> we, we might have to talk after the podcast. We might have to do this off air. Yeah. I think that is uh, the beauty of poetry though, that you can, you can do a couple of different things with it. You can read it for the history. You can read it for the linguistic beauty. You can read it for the meaningful beauty. You can read it devoid of everything else and just apply it to your life or apply it to your thinking and see where it fits with your understanding or where it conflicts with your understanding. And I think that this is this poem that you wrote is moving towards the vein of being able to let people put their own interpretation in. Yeah, for, for a poem that fell flat for me this reading, um, I'm glad it's it's given you something to to play with because i don't know i that is where the true heart lies that's bugging you that's bugging me um because i'm i'm talking about clouds and stars and planets and then i i take this turn as like true heart what well i'm so now i'm trying to look the structure is still just three verse there's not really a no rhythm no rhyme (laughs) still very very free verse yeah I'm now just seeing something else that I think could be a point of interest for me. I'm I'm getting a little angry right now, Aaron. This yes. this poem seems okay. Oh, uh, this is fascinating. <laughs> right? This is hurting me a lot. Um in the fourth line and it becomes hard to find that it is like a a dangling modifier. Uh because the, the sentence itself is full of stars and planets, but clouds cover over, or, but clouds cover beauty and it becomes hard to find. So the it, I mean, linguistically, it should be beauty that's being hard to find. But at the same time, I'm thinking like you're looking for a star and it becomes hard to find. So there's kind of this, I don't know. It For me, it evokes a night where you're looking up at the sky and there's clouds passing between you and stars and you go, oh, where'd, where'd Polaris go? I was looking at the Big Dipper, but it's somewhere over there. There's clouds there now. I can't see it. I can't see the beauty. I can't see the stars. Oh, man, Dave, I want to follow you with this. But somehow I feel like I have played the most elaborate prank on you. The intention that you are putting into this analysis after so many episodes, it's like, did I pull off a prank I didn't even know I enjoyed? <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. So, so um, in writing, there you're always told to define the it for for a stronger argument within a paper. I do like how you you're. You're seeing that the it there 
does allow for more interpretation. I think that's getting back to the the point that you've made all along is that this poem, out of all the poems I've written so far in this journal, actually um, has some room for interpretation. <laughs> right? There's at least a sliver of ambiguity. Well, yeah, I appreciate that you're, you're finding something in what I consider a bad poem. But um, yeah. again, that's the beauty of poetry, that even in a bad poem, we can find something useful. Okay, so embracing your your um, lens on this on this poem, I am seeing something that I actually really like. Ooh, I'm changing Aaron's mind. <laughs> now, now remember, uh, you're the one who liked this poem. The beginning of the poem implies that there is there is beauty within creation. I think um, the stars and the planets, the 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 beauty of of what we can see. Clouds cover that beauty, okay, and then that is hard to find. I get to this line, one must look past the clouds. That is where the true heart lies. The that there, again, is kind of like your it, um, in that it is not fully defined. And in your push for a mixed metaphor, I am seeing the, the act of looking past the clouds as a show of true heart. Oh, so it's it's acknowledging that there is beauty and simply that acknowledgement and that seeking of it is the true heart. Man, ambiguity can do something, bud. Yeah, like that's that's really interesting that that the true heart doesn't lie beyond the clouds. The true heart lies in looking beyond the clouds. Yep. That's good okay yeah it kind of it, it um for a, a 15 year old journal that has been incredibly pessimistic and bleak in our previous uh exposure to my writing uh yeah. this one stands out as as actually pretty optimistic right there is this acknowledgement of beauty beyond what the temporary things that block it and there's this acknowledgement that the truth is more than cloud-covered skies. Yeah, I think there's I think there's um there's a lot of optimism there that I have not seen in my previous writings up until this point. Sure. Okay, now I don't like it anymore cuz I only like pessimistic stuff. Yeah. I know, I've ruined it. <clears throat> yep. Yep. For those of you who have made it through the last 3 episodes of of my um piney poetry i guess i'm sorry and i hope that um you looked past those clouds oh gosh <laughs> yes i did it again Aaron's bre you're breaking your metaphor <laughs> how are you breaking a broken metaphor it's already broken um big shout out to um feedspot for featuring us on the top 60 poetry podcasts you must listen to in 2021 we're number 31 at the recording of this podcast if we drop off that list before you find it no we were grateful that we were ever mentioned at all so thank you to feedspot for putting us there i don't think we can drop any lower because i feel like there's only 60 uh poetry podcasts in the world am i right yeah we we don't need the likes we don't need the subscribes this is just clearly for fun but um if you think someone else might like it we hope you feel comfortable sharing it i don't know wait just to be clear you're only doing this for fun 
Yes. I'm I'm in this for the thousands of dollars a oh, day. Dave. That oh, Dave. No. Um, uh, I, I've I've quit my job. Ooh, oh. Uh, I, I bought a Lamborghini. I should have. Uh, no. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, no, Dave. Uh, you should you should probably uh, beg for your job back. This is the... yeah. No. Well, Dave, yep. good or garbage? Ooh. So I've been thinking about this one. I I actually had to look up this word because I wanted to make sure I was right on it. So is this poem good or garbage? And I think this poem is silage. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, go. Oh my go gosh. For it. Yeah. Yeah. So silage is uh like waste material from farming like when they're cleaning out ditches and they've got all the grass or when they've got like the um the growing body from the grain and they can kind of mulch it up put it under a tarp and it ferments and then they can use that as animal feed and it's useful and it's turning a completely useless thing this byproduct that would just be thrown to the wind like chaff um it then becomes something semi useful something that is not completely garbage but at the same time is not actually worth like a money i i think that i like that metaphor that works for me i think that's all right yeah well dave um we're gonna end our time here today with the words of a true poet a selection um from the days to come by medora c addison now I shall store my soul with silent beauty, beauty of drifting clouds and mountain heights, beauty of sun-splashed hills and shadowed forests, beauty of dawn and dusk and star-swept nights. Now I shall fill my heart with quiet music, song of the wind and pine-clad hill, song of the rain and fairer all, than all music, call the thrush when twilight woods are still. I love this poem. It's a it's a this beautiful is poem. Really good. This has been my bad poetry. Now go write your own bad poetry. Jesus, something. Endo Jesus. Endo Jesus. Endo Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Endo Jesus would be a chimeric word to be the same thing as eisegesis, but half Latin, half Greek. Rhyme free, rhyme free, doesn't matter to me. It's my